Part 2, Section 1 The Keys of Brahmacharya for Married People 1. Fearlessness in sex, not sex, is poison. This science of Brahmacharya will liberate anyone and is applicable to even married people. The following of the Agnya of the Gnani Purush is required. Somebody with false pride may say, I want to marry another person. To this I would say that they have to be capable of it. People in the past had multiple wives. Emperor Bharat had 1300 queens and he still attained total liberation. Would he have attained moksha if the queens represented any obstruction? Then what is the obstruction to liberation? It is ignorance of the self. Sex is not poison, but fearlessness in sex is poison. Therefore, do not be concerned. All the scriptures have said it aloud that sex is poison. How is it poison? Can sex ever be poisonous? It is fearlessness in sex that is poison. If sex was poison, then for all you householders and married people, I would have had to come out and push you out to the Jain monasteries where you would be forced to avoid sexuality of all kinds. But do I need to push anyone? The Lord has separated all living beings into two divisions, those who are in this worldly life and those who are liberated. Those who are liberated are called Siddha, and the rest are called Sansari, involved in mundane worldly life. Therefore, if you are an ascetic or a renunciate, you are still a sansari just as much as a married householder. So do not worry. Worldly married life is not an obstruction to liberation. Sexual interaction is not an obstruction to liberation. It is ignorance of the self that is the obstruction. That is why I have written that sex is not poison. Fearlessness in sex is poison. If sex were indeed poison, then Lord Mahavir would never have become a fully enlightened Tirthankar. He too had a daughter. Therefore, fearlessness in sex is poison. If you feel nothing will hurt me in sex, then that is poison. I have used the word fear so that one would have fear in sex. Involvement in sexuality should be the last resort. So, what I am saying is to have fear in sex. Even the Lord himself was fearful in sex, as were all the mighty jnanis. Who then are you not to be fearful of sex? If there is a lot of delicious food, you can enjoy it, but have fear and moderation in enjoying it because you will suffer if you eat too much. Therefore, have some fear. After becoming the pure soul, Shundatma, should I have sexual interactions with my wife? And if so, with what intention? How can I deal with equanimity here? If you have a wife, then you both have to reach an acceptable solution for both in sexual matters. Your sexual dealing should be such that it is acceptable to both of you. Stop any interaction which is acceptable to one but not to the other. You should not hurt your wife in any manner. I am telling you that this medicine of sex is a sweet medicine. Just as you take any medicine in the right dose, take this medicine of sex in the right dose. 
When does married life excel? It does so when you take the medicine only when both of you have a fever. Does anyone take medicine without a fever? If one takes medicine without a fever, the married life will not attain harmony. Therefore, it should be taken only if both have a sexual fever. You do not take medicine every day just because it is sweet. All these highly evolved souls such as Ram, Sita, had control over their passions. They had sexual control. Is Urbhrahmacharya a divine quality? No, it is a bestial quality. Humans lose their humanness with Urbhrahmacharya. The world does not understand what sex is. Millions of lives die in only one act of sex through the loss of millions of living sperms. This is tremendous violence. Not realizing this, people believe the sexual act to be the highest pleasure. They do not understand that a life is precious and must not be lost except as a last resort. But what happens when there is no understanding? You have acquired my thermometer now. This is the instrument by which you are to proceed. Fever for both, otherwise not. That is why I say that I have liberated you even though you have a wife. No one has made this so simple for you. A very simple and straightforward path has been given to you. It is up to you to make the fullest use of it for your good. It is extremely simple. This has never happened before. This is the pure path acceptable to the Lord. Dada, if the wife has no desire, no fever, what should she do if she has to take the medicine given to her by force by her husband? What can she do? Who asked her to get married? The fault is of the sufferer, accept it. But please, Dada, please show me a way and show me some way out of sex by Pratikraman or something like that. Only through making him understand that Dada has said this is not something that you can keep taking. Why don't we take this medicine six to eight times a month? The problem with the file will be settled with equanimity if your mind and body remains healthy. Therefore, in Akram Vijnan, sexual relation with your wife is considered Brahmacharya. But this has to be with discriminative understanding and all your inclinations and impulses of a sexual nature towards anyone else except your wife must not exist. If such errors happen, they must be cleansed instantly with frequent pratikramans. This, for this era, I define as Brahmacharya. Why? It is because he remains within his bounds of his rightful sexuality. Such a married Brahmachari will eventually understand that even such sex with his wife is a grave mistake and he will let go of his right of sex with his wife. 2. Sexual Transactions by the Sexual Look These days, everything has become like an open free market of sex, has it not? At the end of the day, it may seem that you have not done any trading in sex. But this is not so. The inner sexual look is trading for sure. It happens without your awareness. This inner sexual trade of 12 or 14 transactions has happened just by seeing them. 
This would not happen if our Gnan awareness were present. You will see the pure soul within a woman passing by. But how can others see that? If you have gone to somebody's wedding, do you not see a lot of attractive human beings of both sexes? Would you not have made about a hundred sexual transactions without your knowledge? That is how it all is. It is not your fault. This happens to all human beings. They are drawn to anything attractive. It happens to both, women and men. A transaction is made as soon as they see anything attractive. It is possible to eradicate these sexual impulses and transactions with the right intellect, even in the absence of gnan. I had done so with my intellect. People remain uncontrolled in sexuality because of lack of right intellect. 3. The Horrors of Illicit Sex If you are living a married life, you may indulge in sex that is rightfully yours and never even think about that which is not yours, because the consequences of illicit sex are very grave. And if you have renounced sex, then you should never look towards anything sexual. It is inhuman to take what is not rightfully yours, to wish for what is not rightfully yours, and to wish for sex that is not rightfully yours. Should there not be a line of demarcation between what is rightfully yours and what is not? You should never cross that line. Still, people have crossed that line, have they not? This is called beastliness. There is no problem in enjoying what is rightfully yours. Dada, which tendency is that? Which drags one to enjoy sex, which is not rightfully his or hers? The intent of deceit and theft. By disregarding what is rightfully yours, if you engage in sex with another woman, you will have to take birth wherever that woman goes in her next life. If she goes to a lower life form, you too will have to go there with her. These days, this happens everywhere. Have you any idea where your next birth will be? People who have enjoyed sex that is not rightfully theirs will have to suffer painful miseries. Even their daughters would become characterless. The rule is that the person with whom you have interacted sexually that was not rightfully yours will, in lives to come, become your mother or your daughter. Even the Lord allows sex with your wife, not with anyone else. If he were to refuse even this, then he would be guilty. He has said no to what is not rightfully yours. If repentance is done for all illicit sex, then also one can be freed. But these people are happily enjoying sex that is not rightfully theirs, and that is why they bind a very strong knot of suffering of many lives. Illicit sex is a violation of all the five major vows given by the Lord. In that, you commit hinsa or violence, you tell lies, and you are openly stealing. It is daylight robbery. Then, Abhramacharya is definitely there and the fifth violation is Parigra, possession. Abhramacharya is the biggest Parigraha. The Lord says that there is liberation for the one who indulges in rightful sex, 
But there is no liberation for the one who indulges in illicit sex. These people do not understand much. They are like a stray animal that is always looking for food and tries to get it from wherever it can. They will look for sex from wherever they can get it. Are you familiar with buffaloes and their relatives? They would clean up anybody's farm. There are very few people who have an understanding of the importance of Brahmacharya. As long as they have not tasted illicit sex, they are relatively safe. As soon as they taste it, they go wild. This does not suit us. Our Hindustan has such spiritually developed people. We are all here for liberation. Illicit abrahmacharya is such that a wife or a mistress of one's in this life may become his mother or his daughter in his next life. Such are the dangers of this sexual world. That is why wise men practice brahmacharya and got out of it by attaining liberation. 4. Sexual loyalty in marriage is brahmacharya. For the one who is married, I have made just one rule, and that is that he must not look at any other woman sexually. And if such a look happens, then do pratikraman and decide never to let it happen again. Here is the definition of a married brahmachari. He does not look at any other woman. He never looks at any other woman sexually. He is free from sexual impulses when he looks at any other woman. He is very sincerely repentant if a sexual intent and look arises when he looks at any other woman. 3000 years ago in Hindustan, 90% of men were devoted to just one wife, married brahmacharis. How good were these people? Whereas today, there might be perhaps one in a thousand like them. Say if one has two wives, what is wrong in Dada? Go ahead and have two wives. There is no problem in this. There is no problem in having even five wives. But if your intentions towards another woman are bad, if another woman passes by and sexual impulses arise, then it is wrong. Shouldn't there be some principles and rules? There is no problem in having multiple wives. There is a rule in Islam that you should not have sexual thoughts towards women who are not your wives. If you cannot be satisfied with one wife, then have two. They have the rule that you are free to have up to four wives. Who tells you not to keep four wives if you can afford to do so? Let people talk if they want to, but you should not hurt any of them. In this day and age, I consider sexual loyalty to one wife Brahmacharya, and I guarantee you that you will reap the same fruits of Brahmacharya as they did in the times of Lord Mahavir. With regards to sexual loyalty to the wife, does the rule apply to the mind and its sexual thoughts towards other women? It may be possible to be loyal physically, but what about the roving mind and thoughts? The loyalty should also be at the subtle level of the mind. Whenever the mind wanders away to another woman, you should stay detached from it and continue doing her pratikraman. What is the limit for moksha? The limit is where there is loyalty to one wife and one husband with the mind, speech and body. As the breaths of life increase in frequency, the lifespan decreases. When are the maximum number of breaths used? It is used in fear, in anger, in greed, 
in deceit and most of all in the sexual act with a woman. In the sexual act with a wife, they are used up more, but in illicit sex with any other woman, they are used up much more. It is as though a reel has been suddenly unwound. Dada, are the celestial gods sexually loyal to only their Devi, their wife? They are loyal to their Devi, their goddess. When they see someone else's goddess and they have a thought in their mind that she is better than mine, this can happen. But there would not be any changes in what already exists. There is no question of having sons in the celestial world, yet they do enjoy sex in each other, do they not? Their sexuality is not like the one here. This is nothing but refuse. The gods would not even remain here. What is sexuality like over there? When his goddess comes in, his sexual desire is satisfied just by looking at her. That is all. Certain gods are such that by just touching each other's hands and squeezing them, their sexual act is over. As the gods' spiritual levels rise to higher levels, their sexuality becomes less. For some, the sexual act culminates just by talking. There are some gods who are simply satisfied by having goddesses around for about an hour and there are some gods who do not have any need for a woman. Therefore, there are all kinds of gods in the world of celestial beings. Jai Jai Kaar Ho Jai Jai Kaar Ho